3: Welcome to Season 2, Episode 48 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of ComicBook.com. I'm your host, Kofi Outlaw, and with me today, I got a great crew. I got Matt Aguilar. What up? And one of our original Trinity members is back, Mr. Brandon Davis. Hello, everyone. And you've seen him once before, but he's always around. He's one of our uh, fantastic editors, horror gurus, Star Wars gurus. Uh, We need him for a lot of stuff, whatever we need to outsource, basically. Uh, Mr. Patrick Cavanaugh is back with us. What up? And we got a (laughs) a bunch of fun stuff to talk about today. News is happening. It looks like Hollywood is getting back to life here. And uh, that also means some things are dying off. So we got a kind of a mixed bag to talk about today. Some uh, fun new things, some uh, favorite things that are going to go away. And this is real life in 2020, folks. So, uh, like, let's just dive in. Up first in our new segment, we're going to be talking about a bunch of horror movie delays that uh, Universal just announced. A Netflix cancellation that's got people up in arms. A new Batwoman has been found. And if we have some time, we're going to talk a little bit more about what's going on with Comic-Con at home. So let's start at the top with that. And plus, Mr. Brandon Davis is here because we're going to review Netflix's The Old Guard. And he's going to tell us how it is. You'll probably be watching it by the time you hear this. But he got to see it early. He got to talk to the cast. So we're going to check in with him. All right, news. News. Let's talk about horror. Horror, Patrick, this is your uh, forte, but we just got uh, some, Universal has decided that it is pulling up stakes and, uh, you know, they're getting, they're taking a Sony approach. They weren't waiting for any later coronavirus delays anymore. They just kind of felt like the writing's on the wall and they want their movies to do well. So the big one was, of course, Halloween Kills, which was scheduled for October of this year. Uh, the sequel to uh, David Gordon Green and Danny McBride's Halloween kind of direct sequel reboot. I don't know what we call these things anymore. Uh, direct sequels, I guess, is just the term we use for... Reboot- be-
1: Reboot-quels.
3: Reboot-quels, yeah. Requel. <laughs> Requel, yeah. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. So, I mean, that was a successful relaunch of the whole Michael Myers franchise and concept. Kind of took it back to its roots, added a few new things. And so we were looking forward to Halloween Kills. There's two more films, Halloween Kills, Halloween Ends. It's going to be a trilogy. And uh, yeah, we were all looking forward to this this October, but uh, Universal felt, you know, they're not, they're not holding that beach head anymore. They're not, they're not thinking October is going to be a real good time for people to flood back into the movie theaters. So they're pulling up stakes, and Halloween Kills is now getting knocked back an entire year until t- October of 2021. And uh, we got that note from uh, John Carpenter, was it? Yeah, he dropped that uh, note. I got confused because we were doing this so fast but um (laughs) along with that he did give fans just a little caveat in the form of the first halloween kills teaser which was about like 33 seconds or so which looks like it's from the very opening of the film uh presumably we don't know that for sure but presumably which because it basically picks up from the final moments of the previous film which spoiler from 2018 But uh, the last film ended with Laurie Strode, Jamie Lee Curtis, kind of luring Michael Myers into her, like, hobo shack out in the woods, which turned out to be a disguise for a major fire trap she was able to build with spikes and everything. And she basically trapped Michael Myers in a basement, and uh, the place was set rigged to, you know, set on fire and burn him to death. And, you know, Laurie, her daughter, and her granddaughter all rode away in the back, you know, truck, uh, presumably headed for medical care because they were pretty beat up and slashed up. Um and so these first trailer for teaser for Halloween kills basically picks up right from there from them in the back of the truck and as they're kind of driving away from the cottage they see the excellence of first responders as they are headed towards this burning building to uh you know presumably put out these flames which we all know is going to end poorly for those poor first responders uh because you know it's Michael Myers y'all he's kind of hard to kill even though he's slow moving and so You know they'll get there probably in the nick of time do a great job putting out a fire but uh unwittingly unleash a killer again and uh, i thought this was a good teaser like this was actually i mean this is a way to soften the blow when you tell people you have delays of a movie right you just give them a little piece that's gonna get them hyped uh yeah it just looked it threw you right back in there into the kind of the high tension and emotion and I love the kind of subtle suggestion they did, just showing you the fire trucks and leaving you to kind of connect the dots like, oh, crap, like this isn't going to go well, which is a lot of fun with like, with what kind of the winking element of this new Halloween is they understand we've all seen a lot of slasher films, and they can have a lot more fun with kind of playing with that. But uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty good. Uh, Patrick, what'd you think? And how are you feeling? How are you dealing with uh, Halloween Kills? Delayed depression today.
0: Well, it's it's interesting because uh, you know obviously the 2018 Halloween is a sequel. There's no doubt about it. But as we say, it's also kind of a reboot in the ways it echoes the original movie. And Halloween Kills is now setting the stage to echo the original Halloween two because that Halloween took place the same thing. Like the opening scenes were the very end of the original Halloween. Uh, they go to Haddonfield Memorial Hospital, and that's the big, uh, uh, the reveal of Michael Myers being uh, Laurie Strode's brother. So Halloween Kills is clearly setting up to echo the original Halloween sequel. And even the, the pumpkin that we see in the very first <laughs> shot of um, Halloween Kills teaser is the pumpkin from the opening credits of Halloween 2. So like, There's all this uh, uh, mirroring, all these echoes of that Halloween 2. But I think what I'm terrified of is Halloween 2 set up the idea of the brother-sister component. And if that's what they do with this new one, or they try and create some sort of connection like that, uh, that's going to be pretty disappointing for me uh, because John Carpenter's whole idea was, Michael Myers is essentially like this, not even an agent of chaos. He just represents this, this lurking, looming danger or threat that doesn't yeah, need any sort of was, explanation.
3: Yeah. To go back to story. Cause I'm a big fan of like actual horror history and like what, cause horror came out in the original horror films that we all now kind of gratuitously love were actually based in real things. And like Halloween was, and why it was so effective was, in the 70s, like, you know, this idea of satanic cults and all this stuff was popping up. And it was this time where the idea of a suburbs, you know, the safety of a suburbs got shattered. That's like a lot of what the end of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood's all about. Like, this idea, like, at the end of the 60s into the 70s, this whole idea of these safe neighborhoods, the safe world was kind of broken. And Michael Myers is literally the idea that you could live in the smallest, nicest suburban town and some random maniac can just show up one day and, and just tear apart everybody's lives and
0: yeah and, and that's why he's referred to as the shape you know like it, it's not that he's a killer it's not that he's Michael Myers it's he's the shape of this could be anybody could be anybody under that mask terrorizing teenagers in this small town so obviously while I'm disappointed that I have to wait that much longer I think what I'm also disappointing for is that they didn't capitalize on doing like first week of October 2021 Halloween kills last week of October 2021 Halloween ends like just separate them by a couple of weeks because we've never really seen a movie series do that before like I know the matrix they just did you know a a short amount of time between uh, six uh, months right between Reloaded and Revolution and that was really cool so I really wish they could have done like next year October Michael Myers completely dominating the Halloween cycle. But, you know, what are you going to do? Wow.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm taking it a step further because you pointed out the original Halloween 2. And what I'm actually scared about is they're going to do, try to kind of refit Halloween 2, the original, and zombies Halloween 2. Because we haven't talked about that component. But the first one ends with a suggestion that there's something going on with Laurie Strode's granddaughter, who this is centered around, Allison. Um there's that final shot of her in the truck holding the knife and kind of suggesting that like this legacy of violence could pass to her because of what she's been through and all that stuff. And Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 was uh uh what's her name? Scott, scout Scout Ta- like Taylor, whatever S- her
0: Scout Taylor Taylor yes. Compton.
3: Yes, the Scout Taylor, let's just I got that part right. Um yeah, <laughs> her Lori Strode is revealed when she finds out he's, she's his sister. Uh, that movie's big climax is she gets warped by Michael Myers' mania and, and becomes like a psycho killer herself. And then they have that knockoff psycho ending where she's, you know, sitting there and she's crazy as hell now. Um, and she's a killer. And I'm kind of worried they're going to try to go back for that. And it's like, please, nobody needs to drag that up. Like, please just leave that alone.
0: Yeah, I I definitely have faith that uh, David Gordon Green and Danny McBride and Scott Teams, the writers of these uh, upcoming movies and and the last one as well, that they're sticking with the original core concept of Michael Myers and the shape. But of course, you know, with the last Halloween, they found a way to reference uh, like Season of the Witch, which doesn't even have Michael Myers. So like, I know that they have respect and faith for the franchise, but they're not going to do anything just because they feel obligated to. So so I'm hopeful, but, uh, you know, I guess we'll find out in 15 months or so. <laughs> oh, my God.
3: Well, there's a uh, – not to just dig this hole a little deeper, but that wasn't the only year-long delay. Um, the Forever Perch was supposed to come out this summer, and uh and supposed to be here like any minute, really uh the next purge movie purge five for those who are keeping count and that also got knocked back a year um and that hurts because i was just like man if there was ever a year for a purge movie like this is the one yeah by 2021 i'm <laughs> yeah. worried that i might not want to go see a purge movie i'll be like yeah man i, I lived through 2020 i'm good
1: talk about letting all the mar- like letting the world do the marketing for you like it would just come out and go. Here's this thing. You <laughs> you know what this is. Per like ain't out stopping there.
3: anytime soon, people. Yeah,
1: like you don't have to do any selling. So
3: yeah, and it's I mean, and it's surprised. I was actually surprised by that one because that seems like I mean, the Purge series has been made for like around like ten million or less ever since the first one was made for three million. Um, the sequels have all been made for ten million or less, and they all pull in, pull in uh, you know. 100 million plus making them some of the most profitable movies out there which is why we keep getting them and this just feels like one you could have done on some kind of service or or something like we could have gotten this on demand
0: Um, yeah especially since like no trailers have come out no posters for it so like this one might be disappointing right but it's it's also like not surprising that i'm sure if you told someone hey guess what they're delaying the purge five by a year the reaction would be there's a new purge coming out you know I mean I'm
1: not gonna lie that's what I thought when I saw the layout (laughs) (laughs) I was like I I forgot it was coming like yeah yeah so
0: so so I don't know if that's because they don't have faith in this one or if you, you know like I don't know what it is that you know this was announced last year or so that there was another purge there's been no marketing they haven't even like put out a press blast of it's officially called the forever purge yeah, it's I didn't always, know
3: I did this article.
0: Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's always been buried in, you know, the fourth paragraph of some variety, you know, uh, uh, type, of, type of story. So, yeah, I don't know why they're burying it, but, uh, you know, maybe this means they well, have a year to a, make it better. They haven't.
3: I mean, it hasn't been a good year for The Purge. The TV series got canceled, so. Yeah. You really liked that, too. I did. I did like the TV. I liked the TV show a lot. I was a fan. But um, yeah, I mean, I like The Purge. You know me, I'm not, it's never a secret. But uh, yeah, this is a weird one. So you're gonna keep an eye on that. And last but not least, Candyman was also delayed, but it's not a killer delay. At least it's the first delay. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so it's being pushed back from September to October 16th. So it's the canary in the coal mine, essentially. Not too bad.
0: Yeah, and it's it's just tough. And I totally understand where these studios are coming from, that they want these movies to go out. They want people to see these movies. But, uh, you know, July 9th, movie theaters are not open. Like, I don't understand. There's no precedent of, well, maybe October will be fine. Well, maybe December. Well, maybe 2022 will be fine. Like, there's, there's no signal of when these movies will be able to open wide. So it, it really just seems like they're, you know, uh, uh, the band on the Titanic where they're just like, we're doing our best but this could uh you know blow up in our faces so
3: Yep, it's gonna be real interesting so we'll keep an eye on all of that that's what's going on in horror oh no we're not done with horror that's just uh, adult horror let's move on to teen horror so on the netflix side of thing uh brandon was pretty kind of torn up about this one the chilling adventures of sabrina has been canceled bd and i haven't slept in a week uh, i know man but it's 2020 and and we've learned we've, we've had to have deeper resolve in this but uh yeah the chilling adventures of sabrina the uh, sabrina the witch reboot that was uh kind of a i don't know how to describe it. it was a big hit cult hit however you want to describe it on netflix it's gonna drop season four but that's gonna be it patrick you were also as our horror expert the person we forced to watch this <laughs> uh,
1: no, I'm kidding. No, don't say it. It. Like, mm, yeah. I don't
3: want any hexes from Sabrina fans. I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding. I was thrilled about how they approached the series. I kind of liked it, and I like the Mad Men actress getting that role. And so, like, yeah, I'm, I'm not like gleeful about this in any way. But uh Patrick, yeah, make it it, true, what's going on with this show.
0: I mean, shortly, uh, shortly after the first season premiered, they said, "Hey, we're we're renewing this through four seasons." So that. Definitely for a Netflix series when you're always like, oh, this one season came out. When are we going to hear about season two? Like to get renewed that far uh, ahead of time for that long, like that's impressive and shows that they had a lot of faith in it. Um, yeah, like you said, Kieran and Shipka, uh, the, the actress, people love her and understandably so, whether it be for Mad Men. Uh, she's great in this, this horror film with Emma Roberts, uh, the Black Coat's daughter which I think is on Netflix. Like she loves horror. So this seemed like a perfect fit, but it's about a teenaged witch. So you can only have this series last for so long. You can't have her go off to college or become an adult because then it's a completely different series. And also it's again with Netflix, it's not like it got canceled after the third season and they had plans for the fourth. It's more just, they're not renewing it. Like they get to tell, what like 32 35 episodes they have like a christmas holiday special a couple of years back so like it had its run it's better i would rather have a show end on a high note instead of just dragging it on forever um you know like i'm sure bd would agree that like don't do it maybe if lost had been
4: <laughs> <You> are- <laughs> wow. shots fired
0: shots fired I, <laughs> say- <laughs> I say this while I'm currently rewatching season two so I-, I love lost but still like I would have rather a condensed uh, uh, vision that got to pull off everything it wanted to ended on a high note said its goodbyes and then allowed uh, uh, you know people to just continue to love and support it so
1: Well, Penny's boat should have been. It makes it makes sense too that like Netflix is more they've shown more of a of a like Nickelodeon esque model to like the way they renew shows. Like Nickelodeon only has shows last for so many years, and then they pretty much pull the plug on all of them. Like it doesn't matter how successful they are or not; they kind of cap it. Um, And Netflix, aside from like Orange Is New Black, and maybe like you know one other show, like they really don't tend to go much farther than five to six max. Like that's like Netflix shows don't seem to get nine, 10 season things like network, traditional network TV. And also they're shorter episode runs anyway. So like this, yeah, I kind of read this as more like, oh, it was they decided to like, hey, tell your story. Here's the whole thing, and then we're gonna kind of move on, as opposed to like, it's not performing, cut the cord. Like that, you know, it, it seemed to be more that way.
0: Cancel culture. Got and somebody you, else you look at every uh, Marvel series like Daredevil or Jessica Jones, like all of those are 13 episodes. When I think everyone agrees, they probably could have been like eight or ten episodes per season, Max. And, and exactly, yeah. so it's like Sabrina had eight episode seasons, Stranger Things now is sticking to like eight, nine episode seasons. I, I think the fans would agree, sure, it sucks that this show's not going to be around anymore, but you'd rather have four seasons of eight episode seasons where you love all of it than yeah. you know trying to just uh bleed whatever you can from
3: and let's be honest netflix can do this now because they, they've they scored enough of a call hit with this that like i mean isn't there already a comic or something like that well this is based on the comic. on the comics yes but yeah. i mean a comic like haven't they recreated this particular iteration of the mythos yet
0: like well this is currently based on the more, like, Archie horror line that they – where it's, uh you know, like, Jughead's a werewolf and yeah. Veronica's a vampire. This is based on that, and it's the creator of the series wrote that comic. Which
1: so the comic is somehow even darker than the show. <laughs> so my point is, like, this
3: is a brand, though, that can get, like, the Buffy treatment, right? Like, they can – basically keep this
0: thing going yeah this can this can continue in perpetuity in the comics yes
3: yeah so yeah we're all good all right so send your hate mail to brandon davis about sabrina or lost
4: whatever you feel
3: sabrina campaign leader uh but uh now something that's getting not coming back the opposite of going away we're getting a new batwoman back i really stumbled through that without saying the word black but i managed to do it but yes We have a new Batwoman. Ruby Rose left the show. We thought we were gonna get a new Kate Kane. Then the the CW came out and was like, nah, son, we're just gonna make a new character. And we were all kind of like, I don't know about that, but uh, yeah. So they found a new Batwoman and uh, we're gonna take a break and pay some bills. But when we come back, we'll tell you about the new Batwoman and uh, what's all going on with that. So stay tuned. All right. So after that awesome, teasing, dangling, you know, <laughs> teaser right there, I'm real good with the words today. Let's just talk about what's going on. So Ruby Rose left, Kate Kane is, is going to be out. And so there will be a new Batwoman character, a new creation, uh, not from DC Comics, but a new creation for the show. And now we know that they've cast God-Friended Me actress, Javis, uh, how do you say her name? Javisia, Javisia, Javissa, what? Leslie. I'm going to go with Javissa, Javisia, Javisia I would, Leslie.
1: I would probably lean towards like but I, I you know what? I'm not even going to put it out there cuz I don't know how to pronounce it so I'm not going to mangle. <laughs> so, I'm just going to say Javisia. Yeah, Javisia that's, Leslie. That's what I would go with.
3: Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, and so she'll be playing Ryan Wilder and we got a kind of synopsis for who Ryan Wilder this new character would be and it was just kind of like and we were kind of ragging on it um, at first because they it was kind of like a weird catch-all of VCA. what's that Javizia, Javizia. Ah, nice. so thank you this yeah. man's a professional right here you can tell he talks to a lot of people um, yeah so Javizia Leslie will be sure playing Ryan going. Wilder who is this when I mean, we were kind of ragging on because it was like this weird focus group composite of a character It was like, she's bubbly, but hard-edged. She's brilliant, but vulnerable. Um, But basically, she was a (laughs) criminal for a long time. She worked kind of like on the wrong side of the law in Gotham. uh, And, you know, and she was kind of like a drug runner and all this stuff until she kind of takes over for Kate Kane as Batwoman. So, Javizia Leslie is going to be stepping in to play her. And obviously, the big change is this will be a African-American Batwoman which now we're gonna to have to go through this whole thing which is not a bad thing because I mean it's gonna be interesting and it, it's gonna be kind of cool and I was not expecting somebody like this to get cast in, in, this cool, in this role after hearing the description of Ryan Wilder but I'm actually kind of curious about this and to see how this character kind of plays out I'm just not looking forward to the wonderful conversations we're going to be having in 2020 about this
1: yeah, I saw, a, uh, and I can't remember who tweeted it, but yeah, I mean, as this this announcement kind of started making the rounds, uh, someone was very like, "Okay, so here's the thing. This is great, but you know, we as we saw with like the EraVerse, it can it has a great fandom, but it also has this very vocal pocket that when they don't like something, they just like annihilate, they just go all completely aggressive and like don't know how to <laughs> communicate on social media." Uh, Candace Patton has been like the target of like a lot of this kind of junk and you know with her it's it's like okay now you're bringing someone else in please for the love do a better job of like defending coming to their defense that kind of thing you know set up for success type of deal uh because Candace didn't get a lot of that support uh from the people uh and and as people know Flash always got grief and so did she so hopefully they do a much better job uh this time around because like Kofi said yes it's that that garbage is gonna happen um my biggest thing is i agree with you i didn't i didn't think they would go this way after seeing the description um i still don't love like i they explain uh in the article like why like that they were gonna do the soap opera thing where they just it's a new person and you just accept that it's kate kane like soap operas do that all the time and honestly that's still what i would have rather had um you know i just give her the chance to play kate kane like don't make this whole other person and this whole other thing that, you know, doesn't, I, I don't know how I feel yet about the character because it is kind of all in the middle. It's all these kind of things, but nothing specific. Um, but you know, they were like, well, we thought about it, but we decided not to, I still don't necessarily agree with that, but I am excited to see her as Batwoman. Like, so, I mean, I think it's, it's a cool casting. Uh, I just, I'm interested to see how it plays out.
4: BD, how are you feeling about this one? I'm not too familiar with the actress uh i mean i think it's i think it's i don't think a lot of us are, to be honest. yeah so i mean it's hard to say i think it's cool she's she's very like i don't know she, people who are familiar with her are very excited uh like i looked at the photo and i was like well damn this woman's beautiful uh I, that's pretty much like the only thing i have to offer to it though because i don't know much about her i wasn't particularly interested in ruby rose's batwoman i i don't i mean I think Matt has a a bigger appreciation for Kate Kane. He's a bigger fan of that character than I am. So, it, it like, I think his opinion carries more weight on that sort of thing than mine. It's cool. I mean, I'm I'm personally more interested to see what they do with a whole new type of character like this than I would have been if it was just like a season two, a normal season two. But I think it's cool. Do you think she's set up for success or do you think
3: they're just going to set her up and let her die out there and then get that dump truck full of money up to Ruby Rose's house for season
4: three? I mean, it, I don't think Ruby Rose is ever coming back, personally. Uh, that, I don't think we'll ever see that happen. But I think, you know, it's a CW, I don't think they've really have... they. Do they have a history of, like, leaving actors out to dry? Oh, yeah. I, I'm oh, gen- yeah. Like, I'm genuinely... I, I don't know. No, I don't no, I mean,
3: I mean, Candace Patton has in the last with everything that's gone on between like me too and the current protest she's been one actress you've heard speak up a lot more in recent months kind of just being more open about not overt things but like the subtleties of what she's had to deal with um from just you know lack of diverse casting to like matt said the backlash to playing these characters like iris like iris west who were kind of you know who draw out that don't change my character people all over the internet. And so, and the CW doesn't really step in to moderate that. They kind of just let that reach
1: the actors. Yeah. They just let them deal with it. I mean, the same thing happened with, uh, you know, every time Felicity was brought up with in the Arrowverse and every time all was a thing like, uh, and I'm blanking on her name right now. Uh, Dad, records, yeah, yeah, dealt with that throughout her like almost entire run, especially after they became a couple. And it was just like, oh, go deal with all the, go deal with all the trolls. Here you go. I mean, that's
4: going <laughs> I don't know what a network or studio is supposed to do. The Walking Dead has that. Is I mean, you have like Carol and Daryl and Ezekiel fans are like literally sending death threats to each other and being in the in the actors mentions all the time. I, I think it like I personally think ignoring the people who cause that kind of chaos and stupid arguments uh is the best route because then they like as soon as they feel recognized like i think that it makes them like it's the highlight of their day so they keep going
3: and yeah i hear you but i think the difference with the cw is the cw makes these casting decisions and then doesn't necessarily like follow through on the support
1: Like uh, well, they
3: choose to make iris west somebody who looks like candace patton and then they don't come out and say yo shut up we chose this because this is This is why, and this is why we want it. And this is like what we're doing here. Like genuine questions. This is,
4: I'm not, I'm not saying I don't believe you. This is a genuine question. Has like Guggenheim or Berlanti or any of the people behind the show ever like.
3: I I mean, I'm not going to get myself in trouble and say they never have because like I'd have to check a lot of interviews, but um, I'm just relating to you that there was some rumblings between the actors themselves that they didn't feel
4: interesting i mean that's a shame that's i mean they shouldn't have to put up with that like and i i mean i'm sure uh javicia i hope i said that right is gonna have to deal with this and i hope that the people who have put her in this position will defend her and equip her with whatever she needs to combat that and have a successful show like that's frustrating that that happens
3: in the end i think i'm just most interested to see uh her you know, to learn more about her as a performer and to see what she does with this role and and how it's received. Because, you know, for all the people worrying about comics and stuff, you got to remember, Batman TV has created some great characters like, you know, oh, I don't know, Harley Quinn. So it it can work. It, It can work in this direction. You can create you know this version of uh of batman i keep forgetting (laughs) this is not a good sign that i keep forgetting ryan wilder it's because i hate that name um so ryan wilder could become a thing enough that you know eventually she leaks into the comics we'll see absolutely right yep so we'll see that's batwoman uh and where are we at now I guess we could talk real quick. Let's talk about some Marvel Comic-Con. So Comic-Con this year is going to be weird because of thanks, La Rona. We're not going to be at Hall H. We're going to be doing Comic-Con at home. And everybody's kind of curious to see because this is going to be open to everybody. Uh, the exclusivity of comic Con's kind of out the window this year. A lot of studios are frankly going to be sitting this out in terms of like big trailers and stuff like that. But uh, we are going to get some fun stuff. And ironically, this could to be kind of a return to form in terms of like talking about comics and stuff as a highlight. So who would have thunk it, right? <laughs> Matt, yeah. why don't you take us through? We got Marvel comics coming to uh, comic con at home. Tell us what we should be.
1: Should we be looking forward to anything from that? Or is it going to be kind of lackluster? Well, so there's, there's three Marvel panels uh, that are a part of this, which I, I, I figure the one Brandon's looking forward to the most is the Disney plus Marvel 616. But I, Assume that's correct, Brandon? Is that the one you're probably looking forward to the most?
4: Uh, I mean, yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, which, you know, that one's gonna be kind of like this Low-wing weird- enthusiasm. like, enthusiasm. Yeah, I know, for real. Uh, this one's gonna be kind of a, like a walk through Marvel history and it's gonna have different filmmakers involved, but then of course they are gonna focus a little bit on Disney Plus as well. Uh, most of the Disney Plus stuff, I wouldn't imagine any giant surprises. Uh Just honestly because even if they announce it like they don't know when it's gonna come out like with the way things are right now So they're probably gonna hold on a lot of that stuff uh, but I imagine we'll see at least something uh, really interesting maybe like a new preview of one of the previously announced shows, that kind of thing, maybe, let's hope. Uh, the next one is Marvel HQ. Uh, this one is more for like the uh, 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 Secret Warriors fans and the fans of like the Disney XD stuff, uh, Maximum Venom is gonna have a presence there, uh, which has actually been pretty fun if anyone's watched the Spider-Man series. Uh, so that'll be for kind of the younger set. And then the one I'm looking forward to the most uh, is the Next Big Thing panel, uh, which is just, Essentially, all comics. It's all going to be now. Okay, remind me because I cannot, for the life of me, remember. Is it Ten of Swords or is it X of swords <laughs> I keep saying in my brain Ten of ten. Swords. It's Ten of Swords, right? Okay, for the love of God, uh, it's going to be
3: Ten Swords.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, they're going to have that now. That's Kofi's like most anticipated event. I will <laughs> hurt you virtually. So he's very excited. Uh, There'll be a big focus on this. Of course, there's gonna be a big focus on Empire. Uh, One of the other things that kind of stuck out to me here, um, they're gonna be looking at uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 850. But honestly, it's really about swords. Like that's gonna be probably where we get some actual details other than just like a giant splash page of like, hey, here's a bunch of people with swords and some cryptic Hickman quote that we try and dissect we're probably gonna yeah, actually get the some whole channel better be just one chart <laughs> <laughs> that's it probably will uh so i mean that's to me that is actually like we said kind of a return to what comic-con used to be it was you know like comic stuff was kind of the main draw um this year because so many studios are kind of just holding things back might be some of that again, uh, or not even just comics though, but some of the, like the TV shows that don't get the shine and the animated series that don't get the shine in a typical year, they're going to be getting their own panels this time. So, I mean, we'll see. I- I'm interested to see the turnout, but that's Marvel.
3: All right. Thank you, Matt. Next we're going to deep dive into our review of The Old Guard, the new Netflix movie. That's going to be uh, the only thing you can see this weekend. Plus we're going to review some uh, new comics that uh, just came out that we took a look at. So, stay tuned for all of that.
2: Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. All right, BD, you
3: got to see The Old Guard. People are going to be coming to this Friday looking for something to watch. And uh, now it's ironic. It's like we've gone back to the old days where there were only three TV stations. Now there's only like three streamers that actually drop new big movies. Uh, so we're all kind of slave to Netflix right now. Is The Old Guard going to give us what we need, BD? I mean, we're in a summer movie season where we, we have nothing. So is yeah, this going to pretty- at least provide us some good distraction?
4: I mean, like, when you look at Netflix, you're usually like, uh, this could be okay. And then every once in a while, they have a really good one. And this one is pretty good. Actually, I'm happy to say. Like, I, I was like, oh, comic book movie, Netflix, it's probably going to be all right. It, it was good. I mean, the cast is really good. I mean, you have Charlize Theron and Kiki I mean, Lane. are we talking last days of American crime good or, like, good, good? I mean, I, I actually i actually genuinely pretty much enjoyed it like it i thought i was i was actually surprised by how much i enjoyed there's some things i thought were like all right i've seen this before or why did you choose these songs to like upbeat songs like for the i don't know it, the, you know the moment in aquaman where pitbull plays and you're like <laughs> wait what they do a few of those i was like i don't know about that uh and i was like why is this music playing right now it's just people it's like a wide shot of people walking through a Market, I don't get anyway, um, but no, the action is really cool. Charlie's staring with an axe is badass. I mean, like, you already know what you're gonna get with her if you've seen her other movies, Atomic Blonde. I mean, she's in Fast and Furious now. Um, she's Furiosa, well, she was Furiosa. Oh, um, it's and it's got like some solids If you if you read the comic, you kind of know what to expect pretty accurately. Uh, but it has some good surprises, it's got some good plot twists, it's got violence, it's got action, it's got uh, not a little bit of humor, I guess. Uh, it's got decent style. Like, it's a pretty, it's honestly, just. I feel like the best way to describe it is, it's a pretty good movie. <laughs> like, it's, it's not super memorable, it's not reinventing anything. It's kind of a mashup of things we've seen in other movies similar to this that is polished up and then del- re-delivered and repackaged. And that makes it pretty good. Now, question, because uh, you, you mentioned the
1: comic and like Greg Rucka writes the series and uh, I adore Greg Rucka's writing. So does, I mean, when you read the series, like does, is it like a direct translation of the first series? Is it kind of just like taking the core idea and just kind of spinning it own I mean, own Rucka, it,
4: Rucka loves to like introduce like a huge concept and then kind of peel it back a little by little. And this is a little bit more forward than your typical, like it's, it's I feel like it doesn't have that same complexity, even though it sets the stage for those things. I don't want to like spoil anything. It's pretty accurate to the comic. Okay. Um, and there's, there's parts of it that were not going to be in the movie that they added back in, which were really good, which were straight from the comic, that it's a good thing they added them back in. And I'm not going to spoil anything. Oh, but cool. I okay. think, and, and, and that's like a huge plot point they were going to take out and they put back in. And when you see it, if you've read the comic, you probably already know, you might already know what I'm talking about. Uh, and they took it out and they decided to put it back in. And that ended up putting a whole level of complexity in the movie that we needed. Uh, it feels like, the movie kind of feels like you take like parts of Hancock, which ironically enough had Charlie Theron in it. <laughs> and then you put like, I don't know, you mix that with like John Wick, and put five of them and I mean I really like um, Marwan Kunzari who was Jafar in Aladdin, uh, and Aladdin uh, and Luca Marinelli I believe is how you say his name uh, they play Yusef and Nikki and they are these two characters are immortal characters just like the rest of the old guard they're in a relationship they're very much in love with each other have been for thousands of years they bring a lot of heart to the movie uh, and I really like that um, and it just, it's very interesting that you have these characters who essentially are immortal until they're not. And when they're not, it's kind of unknown. Um, and you find a way to add stakes that make it so that there is something worse than death for them, which is very like, you know, you, you, you're familiar with that. Yeah. So I think, I think it's, 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 it's actually it exceeded my expectations. It's, I, I would like to see a sequel. I really would. And it sets the stage nicely for there to be more. And you know, I think we can dive into the characters more in the future. Um, now that we've seen them together, I think we, it's time to start really sinking our teeth into the characters more. But uh, it's 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 a pretty damn good movie. Cool. Ooh, that got me psyched. All right, I think you'll like it. I really do. I think you'll like it. I think Kiki Lane and Charlize Theron are awesome together. Uh, and I think that that relationship between the two the two guys is really fun and adds a lot of heart to it. And there's just plot twists that are good if you haven't read the comic are going to be very exciting for for audiences and true tell edgy four is awesome he's you know he's always going to be you know he's fantastic he's his character operates in a bit of a gray area and that was really cool and then you have dudley dersey who grew up and became a supervillain so uh by harry melling so that's cool
3: all right that's Netflix's the old guard bd says you should be checking that out if you're just sitting around today also movie? out
4: this weekend is relic which is the russo brothers movie and that's uh, Dude, that produced by jay so gyllenhaal creepy. and directed <sighs> by natalie james and that is probably going to be pretty good too i think
1: that movie looks so creepy what's that going um, uh, on
0: my uh oh. that's going to be on vod my review is actually up now i believe uh, all right
3: patrick you're on the spot impromptu review i didn't even know this was happening relic
0: Relic, Uh, it's going to be compared to Hereditary and The Babadook, like those emotionally driven allegorical horror movies. And uh, yeah, it's about a woman and her daughter going to investigate why the grandmother has kind of gone missing. And then when she does return to her home, people don't know if it's a psychological thing and she's just kind of uh, uh, suffering through dementia. Or if there are like really creepy things that are going on, and so, yeah, it's quite good. It's definitely not going to be for everybody. Tons of people are probably going to complain about it because it's not a traditional, you know, it's not Scream or Paranormal Activity or whatever. Like it's again, Hereditary. The Babadook uh, is one of those more emotionally kind of heady, philosophical horror movies. But I think it's quite good.
1: Yeah, that trailer was so unsettling.
3: (laughs) I have not watched it now. I'm excited. You just gave me a thrill. Thank you, Patrick. That's our review of Relic, which you can also check out this weekend on VOD. Moving right from the movie screen to the comic page, let's talk comics. So this week, uh, we're going to try to get through a couple things before we get out of here. We have Batman 94, which is the end of their dark design storyline, which we followed here, and the prelude to the Joker War. We have Deceased Dead Planet, a return to that kind of DC zombie horror event. And uh, if we have time, we're going to get into the latest on X-Force because of something. I didn't read that, so I'm not sure why. But Matt had an idea about it. So it's Matt's show when we get there. (laughs) All right. Batman 94. Let's get to the conclusion of their dark designs. And we're going to be talking full spoilers because there's, like, no way to talk about this without talking full spoilers. So... At the end of Batman, the previous issue, 93, there was a big twist. This is all leading up to the big Joker war event, which uh, un- was supposed to be unfolding right now, but has been delayed, but it's still going to be unfolding soon in Batman comics. And this is supposed to be, quote unquote, like the final Batman versus Joker story. And the whole kind of twist to this is this time it's Joker. You know, Joker typically loves just going round and round with Batman and keeping that whole thing going. But now Joker actually wants to kind of reach a goal and get to an end. And to what end will that be? This is the big question. But the big twist in their dark design was Joker stole the entire Wayne fortune from Batman. So Joker, and he knows who Batman is, by the way. Somehow we've been talking about all this. We just kind of, he finally, I mean, there is no kind of hinting or inference like Joker knows Bruce Wayne is Batman. He's stolen his money and he's fully aware of what the impact of that is. And we know that because, in the final chapter of their dark designs, it's really an epilogue, this, this kind of thing. It's, it changes the pace of the story a lot. It's, it feels almost extraneous. And I think I nailed it right, Matt, when I said I felt like this issue would just be like the weird middle child between yeah. the actual storyline and then the Joker War storyline. And that's very much what it is. So it's their dark designs conclusion, but really just epilogue. And uh, Batman got pretty messed up and injured confronting the designer who turned out to be a corpse that Joker somehow animated. And so this issue is about him trying to re kind of deal with the fact that he's messed up so bad that he's let Joker pull off this master plan that Gotham is essentially out of his hands. Joker has all the money. Um, There's all these other things that like Riddler and Penguin, all these designs that the designer put together to kind of make Gotham into this criminal empire that just kind of kept running himself. And Batman got injured, so he's very injured. His leg is stabbed up. And he's just trying to kind of get back on his feet and mount some kind of response plan and, and get everybody he knows to safety because he understands that Joker is, is going to be coming for him on all fronts. And um, yeah, it was kind of a slower kind of stage setting issue where there's like a lot of deep... There was a surprising amount of deep kind of Batman-on-Batman Batman reflection yeah. Um, which I thought was surprising. It was very much, very Tom King that I didn't expect. I mean, we were, were kind of ragging on Tinian for being the exact opposite. But this was like a weird City of Bane move where this issue was very much, I mean, it went back to this. Uh, was that the first time we've ever met this character, Matt? Like the detective?
1: Yeah. So that was the, the arch nemesis, the Sherlock Holmes to yeah. the designer's Moriarty. But that's the first, we've heard of him, but we, this is the first time we met him.
3: Yeah. So this is the first time we met him, this master detective. So they basically retconned another piece of Batman's origin that after Ducard, there was this other dude, the guy who designer was always trying to outwit. And um, there's a flashback scene where he knows everything about Bruce Wayne after just looking at him for like 10 seconds. He knows like where he trained, where he's come from, all the travels he did in the world, just by details on his clothing and all that stuff. And so, uh, yeah. And it's like a weird introspective about Batman wanting to build this other Gotham and, this idea about him like building the Batman. This was like the scary design he had for Gotham and how he's failed. And uh, I didn't really go for that emotional stuff. Um, (laughs) That wasn't me. Uh, I mean, there were just some bullet points we needed to kind of get through in this issue, right? Yeah. Catwoman's alive, she's injured, but she's alive. Uh, We don't find out what happened to Harley Quinn who got her neck cut, did we? We
1: We don't yet though. We just uh, recently, a little earlier today, they released a preview for Joker War Part 2, uh, which will be, I think it's 96, right? Yeah. Um, and that one shows, or at least gives us a preview, that she is alive and she's sporting, a, a, like, the scar on her neck uh, from her punchline fight. Um, and it looks like her and Batman are pretty much going to be kind of teaming up for a bit because they're both, you know, kind of hunted by Joker and his and his new Right-hand person, and so they kind of both end up on the outs. So that looks to be there wasn't a dialogue with it, so it was just pages. But um, she's good, yay! She's she's alive. Little- <laughs> Harley Quinn still kicking.
3: Um, um well, yeah. So in like yeah, and and I think the other big thing for me in this issue was just hearing this kind of different, much more focused side of Joker, who's actually like pulling off a pretty kind of elaborate, masterful plan, and, and he wants. Batman to kind of, I mean, this is, he wants this to be their epic kind of final fight. And uh, yeah, so I'm really now looking forward to what the actual mechanics of Joker War are going to be. Uh, the other thing that was interesting is everybody in Gotham is so used to this behavior that they've all kind of gone to ground. Like everybody, <laughs> yeah. like it's straight up Batman, like telling like Lucius Fox, Catwoman, like, yo, it's about to be a Joker event. Like yeah. a Joker event is now a natural disaster in in Gotham City, like to the point where they have protocols, everybody's just, and so the I, best part of this issue is learning that the villains Yes. Actually yes. have. <laughs> so the Penguin, Catwoman eventually wakes up, uh, you know, they get her out of the hospital because that's the big thrilling is she's in the hospital getting surgery, but um, Joker's going to take her out and Batman knows it and it's this race against time. But they get there and she's gone and it turns out Penguin got her out because Penguin has this place called the Cold Room, which is like an Arctic themed kind of lounge club where all of Gotham's villains go to hide out during Joker events. So it's like this exclusive club of villains where they just lay low during a Joker event, and so that was that was a great
1: scene. That was actually yeah, really funny. I I thought that was great, and I I agree with you. I think one I actually agree with you on pretty much all of that because like Tanya's whole you know Bat Cat callback to Kings like that whole conversation it was very much felt like City of Bane felt like right out of that, and it was nice to see that. Um, so I, and I also just like that. Um, you know, there's the issue, the cover kind of teased, like, is this the end? And I was like, I was kind of actually happy to like, that it wasn't some big change. That it was just this natural progression of their relationship and that kind of thing. Um, and then the, the part with the beginning and the part where he's talking to Lucius, yes, it's very introspective. And and I like that. Um, but I agree with you on like the fractured nature of it. Like the last two pages feel like they're part of a different book. Um, it's it's like Batman just talking to himself and he's like kind of sort of talking to Alfred but all of a sudden he has a new costume on that doesn't have any rips in it and he looks fully healed and he's standing on the roof and it, it's I understood what the meaning was like they wants to be a better Batman but it just felt like how did we get here from the last page where he's like looking all beat up and like he's on the run and it was it was weird like that
3: i mean they've set up a lot to explain the the deeper themes of this i'm still a little concerned about like joker seems like a little bit out of character batman's talking about like self-help book stuff like uh, i mean it could be something very profound but they
1: got to really pull it off i do love the idea that and you see it some in here and you'll definitely see it in the next issue is the whole all of the things that like we've criticized about like, why is Batman getting a new gadget? Like every issue, like why is Batman like investing in this company in this issue? And like, he gets the bat train and he gets a new bat glove and he gets all this stuff. Right. And the thing that they are kind of building up is that one, right. Joker is focused on Bruce Wayne as well as Batman, not just Batman. He's taking the whole, the city as a whole for his plan, as opposed to just a chess game with Batman. And on top of that, he's, We're kind of getting down to the core of like who Batman is. And and over this run, we've seen Batman's reliance on all the gadgets, on all the money, on all the people that he can just, hey, make me this, you know, make do this. And and Joker's breaking all that down. And so at the end, it's gonna be like, oh, well, we're kind of getting a back to basics Batman. And it's like a long way to get there, but it's interesting if it's pulled off right. And I like the ideas. I'm I'm just hoping that. You know, now that we have all the, all the set pieces done, we can kind of move into that story because that narrative is interesting to me. So I was hoping it works.
3: Yeah, me too. Fingers crossed. We need a good comic event this summer. All right. Uh, I think we got time for one more. Let's do uh, Deceased because that was, that was a more interesting book. So uh, Deceased, if you guys haven't read this, you really got to go back and, uh, do the, and kind of check this out. This is Tom Taylor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get my kings and my tailors mixed up. So does everyone on social ah, media. ah, 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 ah. But uh, yeah, that was an old colonial English joke. Um, Anyway, so DC's is basically a zombie event series. Uh, It's kind of the Walking Dead of DC. And uh, yeah, it was surprisingly good. It basically is a story where the anti-life equation kind of gets out and creates this, it mutates and becomes this thing that turns people into zombies. And it quickly begins to wash over Earth. And DC's heroes have to find a way to stop it. But it's not a happy story because they don't. They can't stop it. And Earth gets absorbed uh, by the zombie apocalypse, essentially. And a lot of DC heroes get taken out. Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, Flash. Like, all of the Justice League basically gets killed. And the end of the series was... Batman's son, Damien, Superman's son, Jonathan, and a bunch, a handful of surviving DC heroes basically have to take an arc and leave Earth with some survivors and find a new home. And there was this big cliffhanger where Cyborg is left on Earth, and he was the beginning of the plague. He is where the kind of anti-life equation, it, it got into him and mutated, and it became this signal that, that transformed people into zombies. But he figured out there was a cure and that, and that people could be saved. And as soon as he figured that out, zombie Wonder Woman ripped off his head so that he couldn't tell anybody. So that was the end of Deceased. Deceased, Dead Planet picks up from that ending with Cyborg years later. Earth is basically down and not all the heroes made it off. So some people are still kind of living on this zombie world and, and living that walking dead last of us life. Um, John Constantine being one of them. And like, yeah. It begins with basically Cyborg figuring out that Batman put a tracker in him. and he Way to go, jerk Batman.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> jerk Batman put a tracker in him to keep tabs on him. And it's in his severed head, which has been just floating around for five years. Um, you know, And so he can send out a signal to this Justice League that fled Earth to bring them back. And so they, the Justice League on Earth 2, who kind of got off and fled to Earth 2 and now lives over there, they basically have to make the dumbest horror movie decision of all, which is, do we go back to the planet full of zombies in the scary basement? And it's like, yeah, they got to do it. Because it's a Justice League and it's hope, and so they have to go back and revisit Earth. And it goes about as well as you think, you know? So, yeah, deceased. Matt, you were the person who put this on our radar. How are you feeling about this
1: next chapter of the story? I, uh, I've, I'm, I love it. Um, I I thought the five-year jump was interesting because I didn't see that amount of time because, like, the way they pitched the series, it seemed like it was just going to pick up, you know, maybe, like, six months later, that kind of thing. So the fact that, like, Cyborg's head's just been chilling on the dirt for, like, five years as he's hunting his system because he's still sentient and his, like, body's laying over there but he has no way to grab it um, was crazy. And I just thought it was hilarious that even in death, Batman's, like, complete jerk behavior – somehow maybe saved everybody. Um, You know, I I just thought (laughs) that was interesting. Um, And I love that the way they reveal, uh, because like the reader knows there's a cure, because of course, Cyborg, that comes to him at the end of the last series, but like no one else does. So when they finally get to Earth and you see he's trying to communicate, but you know, (laughs) he's ahead and he's running on very low power. So like he can only get little phrases out And you're trying to like piece together like what he's saying. And I love that it's Superman who like figures it out and then is the one that like stops uh, Dinah, who is Black Canary and also Green Lantern um, after Hal died. Uh, That like it's him that gets in the way, saves Wonder Woman, gets stabbed by this magical sword, (laughs) and is like, there's a cure. And that's like where it ends. And it's just a really cool place to end. I also just love the dynamic between John. And Damien, because like for those who read like Super Sons and have seen in, in some of King's books where they kind of get to interact, they're great together. So seeing them as older, full on heroes on this planet that they've actually been living relatively like a peaceful life. Like they've enjoyed their place and like Green Arrow is the one talking about like, why are we going back? And it's hurt so much to see that he's the one that dies. Uh, a pretty gruesome uh, death here. Uh, so like. It's, it, was, it was all the Taylor stuff that I liked, like the John Constantine moment where he's, he's having a drink with his dead friend. And so like, it's literally a box of ashes and he just keeps pouring drinks and, and having that at the magic bar where like there's hardly anybody anymore. All that stuff is just really interesting. Like Taylor with Injustice, he did it. And with Deceased, he finds like these big concepts that, you know, like Marvel Zombies has never done anything for me because it didn't, it didn't have the character moments and like the depth that Deceased does. So Deceased does that big epic action event with heart. And that's really, that's all prevalent here. So um, from what I remember, I did not read the series in between, uh, which, which focused on like Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy, because they're the one of the, uh, and they mentioned them here. They're one of the groups that stayed behind because Ivy didn't want to leave. And so they have like an oasis, somewhere on earth it's the yeah, green ivy grew a jungle and like they have the Yeah. Green so that right. I'm interested to see kind of that come in to the series. Um and a lot of villains didn't make the trip to the new planet. So I imagine we'll see more villains maybe in this one than than heroes because most of the heroes that didn't make the trip are are just turned. Um so it's it's interesting. I also love that they made Lois Lane president. So, yeah. <laughs> so the president great. of Earth too. So yeah. So cool yeah. stuff. Yeah.
3: Yeah, be sure to check out DC's Dead Planet and the original if you haven't. Uh, That's all the time we got today. So that's going to do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. We want to thank you guys for tuning in, especially during this quarantine arc. We hope we're providing you guys for some uh, good entertainment distraction while you're sitting at home bored. If you're just now getting in the show, we put up new episodes every Wednesday and Friday. On the comicbook.com website where you can subscribe to our RSS feed and get updates about the show, or you can subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. We're on Apple Podcast uh app, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or, oh my god. Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Google Playlist. You can also find video of us on the comicbook.com YouTube page or watch new episodes live on Facebook every Wednesday and Friday. You can also tell your Amazon Alexa devices to fire up Comic Book Nation podcast and it'll get going for you. If you want to join in any of the topics we talked about, pitch us topics, just say what's up, you can always find us at the hashtag Comic Book Nation or you can find me at Kofi Outlaw. You can find me at Matt
1: CB. You
4: can find me at Brandon Davis BD. You can find me at The Wolfman. And if you're just now getting into the show
3: and you like it, please go on Apple podcast and leave us a five-star review. One day we will be back in the studio. And when we do, we have a whole room full of t-shirts where we give away to people whose five-star reviews we read on the show. And we are going to read a bunch when we get back in there. So if you want a free t-shirt from the show, get on Apple Apple podcast and leave those five-star reviews. Otherwise, thank you guys for tuning in. We hope you stay checked in, stay healthy. Find some kind of peace in this crazy year and be here with us again when we come back for Comic Book Nation again. Peace. Peace.